Article 5, My Personal Testimony on the King James Bible, by Pastor Dan Gaiman. For more than 400 years, one Bible translation has towered above all other English translations. All who revere the King James Bible will want to discover or review why the AKJV has been the most celebrated and widely read Bible in the whole world for the past 400 years. No Bible in any language or printed any time else in history is more beloved than the 1611 authorized King James Bible. In reality, the AKJV was the third official translation of the Bible into English, and the only Bible authorized by a Davidic king. The Great Bible, authorized and commissioned by the Church of England during the reign of King Henry VIII, was the first official translation in England. The AKJV followed the Bishop's Bible of 1568. More spiritual revivals and reformations have been wrought through the preaching of the King James Bible than by any other translation ever printed. What then has motivated the Christian world to transition to the New International Version, or the NIV, and a plethora of other English translations? No paradigm shift in the history of the Church has exercised more profound influence upon Christians than the assault upon the King James Bible and the movement to replace it in the English-speaking world. Theologians throughout the broad spectrum of Christianity are pushing the NIV and are concurrently diminishing the influence of the King James Bible. Remnant Christians, what do you believe about the Word of God? This discussion is for you. Which Bible you choose for you and your family is one of the most important decisions you face. No other Bible in print has exercised such a powerful force in shaping the course in history for the past of 400 years. The King James Bible of 1611 and the English Prayer Book of 1549 have exerted powerful influence in shaping the culture for English-speaking people in the UK, United States, America, Canada, Australia, New Zealand, and elsewhere in the Christian nations of the West. This Bible has brought generations of Anglo-Saxon people to the knowledge of Jesus Christ and the gospel of his kingdom. Preaching from this Bible has inspired some of the greatest revivals in the history of our people. The Geneva Bible of the 1560s preceded the King James Bible by 51 years. Although English sovereigns never accepted it as official, it was the most popular translation of the Bible in the 16th century and was the Bible of Oliver Cromwell, John Milton, William Shakespeare, John Knox, and other well-known figures in English history, including Paul Bunyan, author of the famed Pilgrim's Progress. The Geneva Bible was the first time that a mechanically printed, mass-produced Bible was made available to the English-speaking world, and was the primary Bible the Pilgrims and Puritans brought to America. In fact, the Geneva Bible was the first study Bible ever printed because of its study guides, aids, cross-references, and other helps. As popular as the Geneva Bible was to the Protestant world, it quickly met stiff competition in the authorized King James Version. By January of 1604, King James I of England had convened with the Hampton Court Conference to consider perceived problems in the earlier English translations. Puritan scholars who gathered there prevailed in their efforts to advocate for a new translation into English. King James I, himself a scholar and gifted biblicist, authorized 47 scholars 
all of whom were members of the Church of England, to begin work on a new English translation of the Bible. All 47 scholars were ordained clergymen, except for Sir Henry Saville. These 47 scholars included a balance of high churchmen and Puritan clergy. Never in history had such a well-trained body of linguists ever gathered into one group to translate from the original languages the very word of God. The task of translation began with the 47 scholars being divided into six committees. Two committees each were based at colleges in Oxford, Cambridge, and Westminster. Each committee worked on designated portions of scripture, translating separately. Their drafts were then compared and revised for harmony with each other. These scholars were not paid directly for their work, but were supported by a variety of donations supplied by colleges, bishoprics, and other charities. King James I of England dispatched a letter on July 22, 1604, to Archbishop Bancroft, requesting that he contact all English churchmen and request donations for this worthy project. By the end of 1608, all committees had completed their particular sections and had reviewed the work of the others. The Apocrypha Commission finished later. The work of committees was then transferred to a general committee of review that met at Stationers Hall in London. This was a tedious process, as each section of the Old and New Testaments, together with the Apocrypha, were carefully scrutinized for accuracy. No translation of the Bible before or since was more carefully examined for possible errors in translating the Old Testament from the Hebrew text, the Apocrypha from the Greek and Latin, or the New Testament from the Greek. By 1662, the King James Bible had supplanted the Great Black Bible as the authorized Bible of record for the Church of England. Also, by 1662, the Book of Common Prayer had adopted the text of the King James Bible, since it had, by this time, become the standard lectern in parishes throughout England. In Scotland, the Geneva Bible had been the standard church Bible for decades. However, in 1633, a Scottish edition of the King James Bible was printed in conjunction with the Scots coronation in that year of Charles I. While the King James Bible has been the Bible of record for millions of people throughout the English-speaking world, in the home, and the church, there has been a major paradigm shift in how Christians, in today's view, this Bible. The NIV was printed in the 1960s and now exceeds the King James Version in sales across America. Bible bookstores feature the NIV as the Bible of record and no longer place the King James Version in easy-to-see displays. However, there remains quite a large delegation of those who are faithful to the King James Bible, so there's no danger of this translation going out of print anytime soon. Scores of new Bible translations in English are in homes and churches across America and the Anglo-Saxon world. Each new generation of these copyrighted, paraphrased Bibles represent a further step away from the authorized King James Bible. For large numbers of Christian people, however, the King James Bible remains the Bible of record for family until Christ returns. In fact, most remnant Christians remain confident in the King James Bible. Those who understand the scholarship behind the AKJV will never be persuaded to reverse their confidence in this Bible. 
The King James Bible is the only English translation that many Bible students would endorse as the Bible of record for the home and the church. If you take the time to search out the evidence for and against the King James Bible, you will quickly see why we reject the NIV and revere the authorized King James Bible as the very Word of God. Can you trust the Bible? Growing numbers of people do not ha have belief and trust in the words of the Bible to be the very Word of God. Can we trust the King James Bible to be the Word of God? How much in life do we accept by faith? Do you believe in God? Have you seen Him? The Bible opens with the declaration, in the beginning, God. The Bible never seeks to prove God. Hebrews 11.6 declares, Without faith it's impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. We can know that there is a God by the physical world that we experience with our physical senses. In Romans 1.20 we read, For the invisible things of him from the creation of his world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made. We cannot see the wind, although we feel it. We cannot see electricity, but we know it's real because it can shock and kill us. We cannot see God, but we know that he is real because one cannot look at the physical world without knowing that there is a creation, there is also a creator. We know that the intricate design of our physical world demands there be a designer. God is more than some intelligent being that exists in the vast somewhere. He is the great creator who took on human form by becoming incarnate in the seed of Abraham in the person of Jesus Christ. He became the savior of his people Israel. Yes, you can trust the Bible to be very the very word of God. Consider how many truths that we believe by faith. Moses and the burning bush, Israel's miraculous exodus from Egypt, Israel's crossing of the Red Sea, the doctrine of the virgin birth, Jesus Christ's crucifixion and resurrection, that our sins are forgiven and washed away by the precious blood of Christ, we believe in the future resurrection of the dead, and a plethora of other truths. Likewise, we believe the Bible to be the very word of God. Think of it this way. The Bible speaks of the Lamb's Book of Life. Recorded in the Lamb's Book of Life are all those who are saved by the redeeming blood of the Lamb. What if there's an error in that book? What if your name was accidentally omitted or confused with someone else? No, you know that every aspect of the book of life is word perfect. In Revelation 20 verse 12 we read, And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life, and the dead were judged out of those things which are written in the books according to their works. Do you trust these books of works to be accurate? Do you trust God with the book of life and the book of works, even though you have not seen them? What if your good works were mistakenly assigned to someone else, or, God forbid, someone else's evil works were assigned to you? Do you trust God to preserve all his promises written about you, even before you were conceived and attached to your mother's womb? Every detail of your life, your looks, your talents, your personality, your attributes, all were written before you were ever conceived. Don't you trust God with these priceless and personal gifts? Have you thought about God's book of remembrance, wherein our sovereign God promised to record the names of those who revere him and reflect upon his name? What if God forgot to record your name? Do you trust God with the book of life, the book of works, the book of members, and the book of remembrance? 
If you can trust God to preserve the accuracy and inerrancy of all these books that you have never seen, can you not also believe that our holy God could inspire and preserve his word? God has inspired and providentially preserved his word-perfect Bible. Jesus himself said, Sanctify them through the truth. Thy word is truth. From John 17, 17. Surely we can all agree to believe Jesus. We can also trust God to give us an absolute word of truth. That truth is found in the authorized King James Bible. Jesus declared of this, Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. If the word of God is settled in heaven, should it not also be settled on earth and before our very eyes and minds? Two key words. Two words in particular should be prominent in any discussion of the Word of God. Those words are inspiration and preservation. Inspiration refers to the very words of the Bible having been breathed from God and thus revealed to his children. That our sovereign God also preserved these words throughout time and history is crucial. Most Christians accept the idea that the Bible is the inspired Word of God. However, some question that God's Word has been preserved throughout history. The believer must not only trust the inspiration of God's word, but also the miraculous preservation of that holy word. Remember the words of scripture are the very words of God. The word is God's mind revealed to us. We must concentrate on the idea of individual words, not concepts or some paraphrased body of ideas. The Bible contains the inspired words of God himself. This confirms that the words of Scripture are inspired words of God, when we look at Deuteronomy 29, 29. The secret things belong unto the Lord our God, but those things which are revealed belong unto us and to our children forever, that we may do all the words of this law. All scripture is given by inspiration of God, and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. From 2 Timothy chapter 3 verses 16 and 17. Think of the Bible as a word-perfect, inspired revelation from Almighty God. Consider what God himself declared about his words from Psalm 12, verse 6 through 7. The words of the Lord are pure words, as silver tried in a furnace of earth, purified seven times. Thou shalt keep them, O Lord, thou shalt preserve them from this generation forever. Each word in scripture is inspired, revealed from God to us, his children. Moreover, God promised that he would preserve these words forever. Read these Holy Spirit-inspired words from Solomon. Every word of God is pure. He is a shield unto them that put their trust in him. Add thou not unto his words, lest he reprove thee, and thou be found a liar. From Proverbs 30, verse 5 through 6. God expressed his truth in individual, well-chosen words in the original languages in which they were delivered. These words, translated into English at the apex of the English language in the early 1600s, comprise both the inspired and preserved word of God. These inspired words in the authorized King James Bible are not copyrighted in America. Anyone who has the financial means could print a King James Bible, for it is not copyrighted. Every other translation in the English language, however, is copyrighted. This means that every other translation was forced to change the words of the King James Bible. These copyrighted Bibles contain paraphrased words. All of these multiple translations, and there are scores of them, read differently. 
Can a multitude of Bibles that read differently all claim to be the very word of God? No. Not all Bibles are created equal. Not all Bibles are the same. Many Christians have been deceived into believing that all Bibles contain the Word of God. From the dawn of creation, the Word of God has been the object of attack. In the Garden of Eden, Satan's seduction of the woman began with an assault upon the Word of God. Speaking to the woman, the serpent said, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of any tree of the garden? His objective was clearly to plant doubt in Eve's mind. There are so many English translations listed on various internet sites that it would require tremendous patience to count them all. The NIV has become the most popular new version. However, consider this. 16 verses in the King James Version New Testament are omitted, completely missing from the NIV. This list of missing verses is from Matthew 17:21, Matthew 18:11, Matthew 23:14. Mark 7.16, Mark 9.44, Mark 9.46, Mark 11.26, Mark 15.28, Luke 17.36, 23.17, John 5.4, Acts 8.37, Acts 15.34, Acts 24.7, Acts 28.29, and Romans 16.24. Essentially, for those who would like to study this topic deeper, there are two lines of Bible descent out of which the Word of God has been translated. We will call one lineage of Bible manuscripts the Syrian List. It contains some 5,321 copies or pieces of biblical manuscript, many of which are complete. This list is called the Majority Text from which the King James Bible is translated. The Majority Text contains about 99.2% of all existing manuscripts of the Bible. These manuscripts all read alike. There is a historical pattern of validated biblical truth reaching back into the archives of time. The other lineage of Bibles originated out of Alexandria in Egypt. Of these, there are 45 fragments, consisting of less than 1% of all the ancient manuscripts now in existence. Only five fragments have more than a few verses. The rest of these manuscripts contain just a few verses. These read differently from each other, and all differ from the majority text. All modern translations are derived from the Alexandrian manuscripts, except for the authorized King James Bible. The plethora of paraphrased, copyrighted English translations of the Bible is built primarily upon the foundation of the Sinaiticus and Vaticanus manuscripts. The Codex Vaticanus, named for its location at the Vatican, became widely known after the 15th century. No person has claimed to have actually seen the Vaticanus manuscript. Then. Codex Sinaiticus was discovered in St. Catherine's Monastery in the Sinai Peninsula in the 19th century. This manuscript was recovered from a wastebasket. Parts of this codex are scattered across four libraries across the world, with the largest fragment located in the British Museum in London. Much of the Old Testament is missing from Codex, codex Sinaiticus. For example, it contains only a fragment of the Book of Genesis, and nothing of the book of Exodus. Of Leviticus, it only contains Leviticus 20.27 to Leviticus 20.30. 20, 20, you see, much of the Old Testament is missing from one of the most foundational manuscripts upon which all modern English translations are based. Some critical passages of the New Testament are missing from the Sinaiticus manuscript, including the entire book of Revelation. First and Second Timothy and Titus are also missing. 
This is the foundation upon which the NIV and other new copyrighted paraphrase Bibles rests. All missing scripture from the Sinaiticus manuscript were added at the whim of the translators of the New English Bibles. Seven out of every ten Bibles sold in the Anglo-Saxon, English-speaking world are NIV Bibles, which again rest upon 45 fragments, all incomplete biblical manuscripts, and most of them different from the other. The King James Version is built from a foundation of 5,321 manuscripts, and all read the same. It is from this foundation that the English-speaking world has received its Bibles for more than 400 years. Only since the Cultural Revolution of the 1960s and thereafter has the NIV become the Bible of choice, and this because of the cloud of deception under which thousands of theologians and their followers have labored. Defenders of the authorized King James Bible, such as I am one, believe it to be the plenary, inspired, and inerrant Word of God. We accept this Bible as the only readily available translation in the English language that contains the preserved Word of God as he revealed it in the originally inspired and inerrant Hebrew and Greek scriptures. There has been no advanced revelation since God gave his inspired word in the original Hebrew and Greek. God has never reinvented the Bible. The textual lineage which preceded and then continued after the King James Version is the providentially preserved word given by original inspiration in the Hebrew and Greek. We defenders of this Bible do not believe there is any need to continue the search for the pure, inerrant Word of God among the plethora of English translations now available. The Word of God is settled in heaven and on earth. There should be no doubt or confusion about the providential preservation of the inerrant Word of God as found in the King James Version. By faith, we believe that the King James Version of the Bible contains the originally inspired Word that God providentially preserved through time and history. The Codex Vaticanus and Sinaiticus are all modern English translations that descended from them. We likewise reject. The idea that the true text of the Bible was lost for a thousand years or more until the Vaticanus turned up in the Vatican Library and the Codex Sinaiticus was found in a wastebasket, we reject. The various readings in the modern English translations do not reflect the providentially preserved Word of God as contained in the King James Version. Things that are different cannot be the same. Subtle omissions, word changes, and dynamic equivalency of the New English versions have perverted the Word of God. The plethora of copyrighted English Bibles now available in Christian bookstores are a testimony to the vanity and pride of men who are determined to reinvent the Word of God for their own reasons. A copyrighted Bible assures the student of Scripture that he is reading from an altered and most likely corrupted version. I challenge Bible believers to produce a single Bible of recent vintage that is not copyrighted. There is no single modern English copyrighted translation of the Bible that can compare to the 400-year history of the King James Bible. Furthermore, please do not be deceived by the new King James Bible. It represents the first step into the world of prideful man, believing that a revision of the King James Bible of 1611 is necessary. Do not be deceived. I believe the assault against the inerrant word of God began when Satan asked this question of Eve. Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden? 
Jeremiah 23 verse 36 says that the word of God was being perverted in his day, and St. Paul declared that false teachers were corrupting the word of God in his day. Jesus Christ and his apostles warned repeatedly that false teachers would seek to corrupt the truth of God. We must surely be aware that such attempts are not of God and are not his inspired word. It's obvious that new generations of English translations of the Bible dilute, diminish, and alter the Word of God. The floodgates have already been opened through dynamic equivalency translations. Present omissions, word substitutions, and textual changes in the modern English versions will reflect even greater alterations as second, third, and fourth generation so-called Bibles are spawned from already paraphrased versions. This perversion of the Word of God is already seeking, among other things, to degender God and make major intrusions into historic Christian doctrine. While we do encourage the use of dictionaries, lexicons, and concordances to clarify the words in the King James Version, we do not believe that these tools should be used to correct the inerrant, the inerrant Word of God. We believe that any thought of correcting the Bible is an indication of presumption and pride in, a, in the heart of man. Those who read the providentially preserved Word of God in the King James Version have the formal equivalency of the original inspired Hebrew and Greek scriptures in their hands. The King James Version of the Bible represents the highest literary form of the English language. Its daily use will cultivate, cultivate this high linguistic standard in God's covenant people. By all means, look up the meanings of any words you do not understand. For a few words are presently obscure in our modern English. Readers of the AKJV of the Bible should seek to employ these obscure words instead of rejecting the beautiful English contained in the King James Version, being dumped down by the vocabulary of modern English translations. Those who believe that the originally inspired Word of God in the Hebrew and Greek have been providentially preserved in the King James Version can move forward by faith and build truth upon the absolute and infallible Word of God. Let the children of God reject every form of unbelief and faithlessness. Faith in God, not trust in human scholarship, is what the Christian remnant must live by. The formal equivalency of the King James Version has providentially preserved the plenary, inspired, and inerrant Word of God, which appeared in the original Hebrew and Greek oracles given by the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The absolute and fallible Word of God, faithfully and providentially preserved in the King James Version, is the greatest legacy that we can give our children. The God of Israel has not left his children without an absolute, inspired Word that has been providentially preserved throughout all of time. Let us not remove this precious landmark from the spiritual landscape of our children and their children's children. For those who speak English, the Bible of record for your personal lives must be the King James Version. The Bible soaked with the blood of fearless martyrs. Use it to build truth. Our faith is not an Erasmus, Augustine, Calvin, Luther, Beza, King James, or in the human hands that handled the word of life from Moses to the Apostles to the Authorized King James Committee. Rather, our faith rests in the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, who preserved for his English-speaking people his pure word in the received text during the 16th and 17th century translations. 
In the face of growing opposition to the King James Bible, let's purpose to make the reading and believing in the Word of God our highest priority. Let us resolve to read daily from the sacred Word. Let us study and memorize this Word so that we may grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. It's our lifeblood and the source of all that is true and worthy. We live in a time of history when not only the foundations of Christianity are under assault from the enemies of Christ, but the Bible itself, particularly the King James Version. May covenant people in the 21st century see clearly that the King James Bible is the only record of scripture that we should accept in the English as the authoritative, inspired, and divinely preserved Word of God. Before I close, please read the following doctrinal statement written by David and Linda Vanderhoeven of Dunwig, Missouri. Their personal testimony is attached to mine because it is a succinct summary of their belief regarding the essential truths underlying the Bible. I believe in the plenary, verbal, and written inspiration of the Bible, and that it is the perfect Word of God, pure, inerrant, and the supreme and final authority in all matters of faith and life. I believe that the Bible, also called the Holy Scriptures or Word of God, is contained in the 39 books of the Old Testament and the 27 books of the New Testament. The very words of Scripture are inspired, not just the ideas or concepts. I believe that God protected and preserved his scriptures through the years, and that accurate copies of the original manuscripts are also inspired and inerrant. I believe that the inspiration and inerrancy of the Bible transfers to the translation from the Textus Receptus, known as the Authorized Version or King James Version, which is the perfect, pure, preserved Word of God. The Bible was originally written in Hebrew, Aramaic, and Greek. And although study of these languages is important, I believe that it is possible to understand the Bible solely through the study of an accurate translation of an accurate copy of the original. I believe that most, if not all, modern translations are from corrupted manuscripts and contain errors and omissions and have many distortions and lies. I believe that the Word of God is more important than our daily food and is our source for life and that we must study the Bible and meditate on it. The Bible is our only source for knowing God and the message of salvation in Jesus Christ the Messiah.